0: Joining me today on The Enemies List is my fellow Lincoln Project pirate, Stuart Stevens, one of the most distinguished political campaign advisors of our generation, a man who has been around the block in presidential, U.S. Senate, governor's races, and every damn thing else, including a Hollywood turn here and there, author of eight great books, including his most recent book, It Was All a Lie, which I strongly recommend if you want to understand today's Republican Party was also maintained what was called an enemy's list. Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand
1: in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody.
0: The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions.
1: On January
0: 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. Welcome today to The Enemies
1: List, Stuart. Thanks, Rick. I've been called a lot of things, but never distinguished. So uh, (laughs) I... uh, you know, I'm gonna take it and take it as a loop and put it on my voicemail. It's my well. right. so it'll be a blurb on your next book. Rick Wilson yeah, says distinguished. Oh, it says distinguished. <laughs> uh, your credibility is fading on this, but we'll let it go.
0: <laughs> right. I don't know if I want to gamble it on this one. So, Stuart, um, I wanted to talk to you today about two big things. Uh one is this last week, 10-day period where we've been back in the world where Donald Trump sucks every single thing in American politics into the gravity hole of his his singularity and and dominates every single thing that's going on in in American politics and media. And the second thing I want to talk about today is um, Ron DeSantis' horrible, terrible, very bad, no good week because I think they're very much related. Where do you see the sort of damage Trump is doing right now by these calls for violence, calls for chaos in the last few days, especially they seem like they're ramping up now?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's desperate. Uh, What was it that George Conway tweeted? He said that if you were trying to uh, do a textbook case of how not to be granted bail, um, (laughs) you would would post a picture of yourself with a baseball bat next to a judge. Um, (laughs) A little pictograph there. but you know, I, I was uh, going back and looking at uh, your governor, as I like to refer to Ron DeSantis. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, yes, it's my fault. <laughs> I, 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 I will hold you personally responsible. Um, and you know, uh, he, he's the guy who was out there saying that that uh, Fauci, he wanted to chuck Fauci like a little elf across the Potomac. Right. You know, I mean, so this this violence thing is, um, you know, as we talked about before, it's just sort of a, become normalized. In in regular speak, they do it because people applaud and you know they think it's funny. But some people hear this and th- take it not as extremism or something funny. They take it as direction.
0: Right, right. They take it as a, as a, as marching orders, not as a throwaway uh, statement on on
1: truth social. Yeah, and it's incredibly dangerous. I mean, I keep going back. Majority of the Republican Party doesn't think that Donald Trump was legally elected or legally lost to election. Right. That Joe Biden was not legally elected. Right. So what does that mean? It means we have an illegal occupant in the White House. So mm-hmm. for a certain percentage of them, they feel that, that gives them a reason to do whatever it takes to remove this person. You have you know, right. patriotic duty, and for some, uh, it is an edict that they have an obligation to do whatever. Uh, is necessary. I mean, that's the essence of the you know the three percenters. We have to go out there. Right. This is how we're going to save the country. And right, it's extraordinarily dangerous. And you know, Ron DeSantis, as far as I know, has never said in a clear statement that Joe Biden was legally elected in a fair election.
0: I, I don't think he. I don't think he ever has. I think no. you're right. I, and and I think that. What we're hap- what's happening right now with Trump trying to to game the system and trying to get his f- followers riled up and trying to cause you know more chaos? It's only one of six potential indictments. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> one more thing: we're like it, twenty years it, ago, you would have said, "Wait, your your, can- your candidate for Congress might possibly be indicted.
1: He better withdraw from the race." Right, now there, it's like anybody ah, anybody can get indicted once. You know? and, who among but, us? <laughs> there, there, remember Edwin Edwards, who was governor of Louisiana.
0: I, I dude, I, I was one of the
1: one of the young assholes that was sent down there to do the campaign uh, against David Duke, <laughs> uh, it was a, which is when, you know, we were against the Klan as a party. That right. Exactly. Vote for the crook. It's important. Yes. Yeah. Well, you uh, know, when uh, Dave, when he came back, I, don't know, I was running against Dave Treen, who was the most bland I mean, Treen, of yeah. judges that have been elected. I mm-hmm. was at this debate and I'll never forget it. He turned to him in that weird Cajun accent of his and said, you know, Davey, the problem with you is nobody knows if you're honest. And there literally was sort of a gasp. He goes, me? <laughs> me? 13 grand juries? Not one indictment. They know I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. In that That's moment, amazing. I mean, even Trine lost it on stage laughing. I mean, it was <laughs> like, you knew this guy was going to win so- you can't oh, the guy had the guy had charm for days. Maybe you're honest. He maybe really he, did. Maybe not. How do we know? Nobody's looked at it.
0: Which is interesting because you know it's like while Trump is a you know proximate danger to the republic and all that other stuff, he has a certain degree of an understanding of what a spectacle he's causing, and so some people really find it fun. They want to they want to ride that train. They want to be involved in this in this moment where everybody else is wringing their hands and Trump is having a. I, I think honestly, Trump's been having a blast in the last ten days. He's got yeah. the Republican Party looking at him again, yeah, and the spotlight's back on him. And even CNN, as much as Chris Lick fought like the tooth and nail not to cover the guy, and as much as Rupert really wanted to make him an unperson, it seems like the spotlight is
1: dragging back onto him as we predicted it would. Yeah, and what's happened to Ron DeSantis' numbers? I mean, he's he dropped like. He had thirty-five. He dropped ten points. I mean, I'm from Mississippi, mm-hmm. but that seems like a high percentage of the of the loss. Um, and generally, you know, when you're sitting in those rooms, you've been there a lot of times. You go, "There's always a question of, well, what do we expect to get out of the launch?" And losing a third of our support is usually not the first thing that comes to mind.
0: Yeah, right. Um,
1: I, mean, I mean, this and
0: Stuart, you have been around a, a, a more presidential boot ups than most people will ever imagine, and. Have you seen a worse, I'm trying to think of a worse kickoff for president uh, other That's than maybe Bobby Jindal um, th- where where it's just like all the expect <laughs> all the expectations that he was going to come out and run this perfect campaign. And I mean, the guy is just, he has
1: stepped on his dick like 400 times in the last week. Yeah. H- how do you sit in a room and decide, look, your first in-depth interview as a, a sensible presidential candidate is going to be with Piers Morgan. Like, how do you... What? I mean... Right. I mean, you And know, you're going to get drawn uh, into the pudding discussion. Random person and OnlyFans wasn't available. Um well, I mean, the right wing hates Piers Morgan. First of all, <laughs> Piers Morgan is a horrible journalist. So he has the worst of both worlds. Journalists hate Piers Morgan. And the, you know, because he... Right. Terrible journalists, incredible ethical problems. I mean, he was fired by Rupert Murdoch. How bad do you have to be to be fired by Rupert Murdoch? Um, Right. And he's been sent to the the Rupert Murdoch Murdoch ghetto Um, of Fox Digital. (laughs) he's hated by the right because his major issue that he's associated with is banning all guns. I mean, I, I don't get it because, you know, you know how it is. You want to offer an hour interview, your Ron DeSantis, your first presidential campaign interview, in essence, you can get pretty much anybody you want. Um, And they decided uh, on Ron DeSantis. I think, you know, there's just a pattern here that of of terrible staff work. If you go back to that Charlie Crist debate, when Charlie is asking the most obvious question, will you commit to run, Mm -hmm. serve out your term? So, look, George Bush. The closest analogy to right. someone being in this position, a sitting governor, to uh, 1998 sure. running for re-election, he got asked a question in debate. His answer was, "If that bothers you, you probably mm-hmm. shouldn't vote for me." Okay, that's like what a confident. Right. Well, if nothing else, why don't you go back and study it's with It's one shit. So instead, you know, it was like, my God, I got asked this unimaginable question. He didn't know what to say. I don't really blame DeSantis. I blame his staff for that.
0: There, there's almost like his staff doesn't like him.
1: Yeah, there, there is. There, I mean, look, I'm not saying that some people look good in white boots that that go up like that. Um, but I'm I just not. I'm not tuned into that crowd. Let me say. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're out there. I'm, look, i look. I'm the last fashion guy. It, it could be that's become a thing. Um, and then you decide, you know, let's go with Piers Morgan. Um, and <laughs> so you you send your only written statement, as far as I know, that he's put out on foreign policy was that three or four sentence statement that he gave the Turkish Republic, mm-hmm. in which he said, clearly, Ukraine is not in our vital interest and it is a territorial right. dispute. And then he goes on Piers Morgan and basically tries to say an entirely different thing, which Right. Okay, you're going to say something different to Tucker Carlson and something different to Pierce Morgan. And, you know, when you read the National Review, I, I, I feel... <laughs> if one must. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like uh, sorry for them. Because it's like, how do I defend this? You know, I, I, right. I can I can say, you know, there was an article written that said, you know, all of this really makes sense. You just have to understand it. Um if the argument, that,
0: if the argument is it's some sort of Desantis four dimensional chess. <laughs> it's not working
1: for me. I mean, and look, you know, this is being built. What he said uh, to uh, Morgan on Ukraine is being built as a walk back. It's actually not. Um no. it's just sort of a muttering, muddying the waters because he never said I do not believe actually uh, that, that Ukraine is not a territorial dispute. I do not believe that they actually are in our interest. What he tried to say was, well, look, that was a context that once now we know that Ukraine does face an existential crisis. Yeah, all of that's fine, but you never said that. And you can't... Right. And, he, and he, if it was a real walk back, don't you think, I, I, and I think
0: we both know the answer, this is the red line. He, could not, he cannot, in today's Republican Party, go out and say, for in a in a committed way, Vladimir Putin the world needs to face up to him and defeat him. Yeah. Now, he, he sort of said, oh, I think he might be a war criminal, but that was, again, sort of an elliptical, and Putin, like, for him, that Putin's like, yes, so. But he can't come out and say, I'm going to take the same position that Ronald Reagan would have taken or George H.W. Bush would have taken or George W. Bush would have taken, and I'm going to say we should defeat this motherfucker who has invaded a sovereign country and is engaged in genocidal war crimes. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Cool. He cannot, He cannot do it in today's Republican Party.
1: You know, I, I think if you were confident, if you really existed in a world where you thought that Donald Trump is going to rack up two or three indictments and that that is going to be too heavy a burden to carry through the Republican primary, even. and DeSantis is going to be really the only serious candidate. So if you exist in right. that world where it's not a crazy world, I mean, to say that the guy's going to get <laughs> three no. times and it might hurt him, you know, that's a reasonable <laughs> position to take. Uh, we, we don't particularly share it, but it's not, you know, it's not insane. Um, there's a logical consistency, of consistency to it somewhere. To that. I mean, it, it hasn't happened in a long time that we've nominated somebody <laughs> under three indictments, you know, um, but if you, so if you believe that you would be positioning yourself to run in the general election, so Sure. the general election position is to say, take the Reagan position that that we must stand here, which yep. still to this day is the majority opinion of most Americans. So it really, you know, we go back to this kind of sister soldier moment, um, which has probably been elevated uh, since disproportionately what it meant. But the idea that you need to stand up to your own party that could have been, you know, a real moment of strength for the guy. And you right. could and have said, look, this guy's ready for president because he'll stand up to his own party. And wh- what is the risk of that is saying, look, I am taking, I've looked at this, I've thought about it, I've really studied it. I'm going to be against genocide. I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the daring position he would be taking. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that it just shows that they are both weak and confused inside the Santa's campaign.
0: That that to me, I think, is exactly the read, is that there's a there's a profound, not ready for prime time thing going on there. And, you know, we, we know Phil Cox and we know Jeff Rowe, who've both come on board of the Super PAC. And, and if you go to the Tallahassee International Airport at any given day, there's, there's one direct flight every day to, to D.C., and it's jammed with consultants coming down here to beg and plead to please, 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 please let me in, Ron DeSantis. I've been on those but,
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not for but Ron it DeSantis, it strikes but... me, it, it strikes me that these guys, there is something missing in their campaign, and it's not just it's not just management or consulting or candidate. There's something missing in Ron DeSantis for this campaign. I just don't feel like this guy is ready. Yeah. He's not, he, do, he lacks all the natural airs and graces of a, of a real presidential candidate.
1: Yeah, uh, so let's take this moment when he got that incredibly difficult, vexing question, where were you on 9-11? You know, someone, right? any, anybody over the age of, I mean, anybody who was more than, I don't know, five years old? I mean, I remember well, oh, sure. I was when Kennedy was assassinated and I was like, you know, a total kid um right that's not like a trick question you know it's not like is is turkey in europe or asia or istanbul Istanbul (laughs) (laughs) you know that's kind of a trick question because it's both all right to whom do the (laughs) spratley islands belong governor where you were on 9-11 it's just where you were
0: on 9-11 dude where you know you could well and the reason he doesn't want to answer that question is because on 9-11, and this is one of those weird holes in his resume he does not want to talk about. He was teaching at a very fancy private school in Georgia, and he doesn't want to talk about it. And no one knows why he doesn't want to talk about it. Trump has sort of hinted broadly about it. He's sort of you know, nudged around about it. He's sort of spread some things that are out there in the rumor mill about it that, that honestly, I'm not even going to repeat because everybody knows them. If they know him, if they don't, they don't. If it's real, it's going to come out someday. If it's not, it won't. But for whatever reason, that Lying about that day makes it so weird, Stuart.
1: Yeah, I don't. It's you, like, why wouldn't you say I was with my students, yeah. and each one
0: of them was shattered by and this moment?
1: Nobody in that classroom in Darlington stood up and cheered, right? I mean, this is not like right. teaching at, you know, this the the Al Qaeda, right, the Al Qaeda high, right? You know, this is a conservative, uh, college uh, high school prep right. prep school. It could have been a moving moment. It, it, it could have been
0: incredibly. I important. imagine it was a moving moment. Right, it could have been important in, in the in the lives of those kids. It could have been somewhere they they had someone, an adult in the room, who said, "I want to help contextualize this for you. I want to help explain this for you. I want to help show you uh, what I think America will do next." I'm a history teacher, and he was a history teacher, and he can't
1: remember what where he was that day. I tell you and, something else, And I would bet ten to one they closed. They, they closed everything that day. That they had I would bet you they did their kids. um but there was. I bet some, you they did uh fog of war panic of what is happening sure um and if they didn't do it formally a lot of parents came and got their kids because it had that end of the world feel
0: my my, my my kid's school closed midday mccloy school closed midday it, and go. we raced to get them and everybody thought yeah. oh my god the attacks are coming everywhere there was that sense of pure yeah out, outright well, Why isn't
1: that, is that a good story? I mean, because... Either, I don't... So it's 8.30 in the, 830 in the morning? So 8, between 8.30 and 9? Yeah. 8.49, 8, whatever. whatever, yeah. Okay, so you're you're at the school. You're either in a class, which, you know, schedule will tell you where you were, or you're in a faculty lounge, or, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not like the guy was at a strip club, and, like, you know, we closed it down, no. you know, like the girls went home, um, and then I went to teach class, right. Could, um, I was, I was covered in glitter when I went
0: in to teach history, American history, whatever. I mean,
1: <laughs> you know, maybe he called in sick that day but and wasn't at high school. And that's what bothers me. But so what? I mean, it, it. So what? Tell the story, dude. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I will say this. I it just, it's so weird. Donald Trump, who basically says, you know, he was rescuing people from the towers as they fell.
0: Right. And he was watching the uh, crowds of Arabs cheer on in Jersey city as the buildings collapsed. And And, that shaped his whole political life.
1: You know, by the way, I now have the tallest building in New York.
0: Right, right, right. Uh, Oh man. But no, it's that, that I think it goes back to that thing. And it's like, why can't he convert on that thought? Why couldn't he just corrected it?
1: Answer it as a human being.
0: And said, you know what? I, I I was teaching school that day. I was and he, he basically alighted the whole question. He was like walking around like, I think I had applied to law school by that point. I was free as a bird. I was and and he also made another little like weird blunder. He goes, Man, the economy was so good right then. It had been we'd had peace and prosperity since the end of the Cold War. I'm like, so you're endorsing the eight years of the Clinton administration? Cool. Okay. Good to hear.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's just not good at this. No, it's a strange human-like response um yes Mm -hmm. and you know i mean you say one thing about donald trump the guy is genuine you know oh yeah he's an asshole but he's a genuine asshole genuine asshole um he's a genuine horrible person um when this guy says he you know he he hates mexicans and rapists nobody goes i don't know if he believes it (laughs) <laughs> right, <laughs> you go. Yeah, we know, dude. We know you're the we guy we picked up on that Donald. Yeah, Thanks even after the subtle, central, head. even after the Central Park Five were proven innocent, you still yeah. were for the death penalty, which right. is sort of, You know, all right, they're not guilty. Yeah, it's one thing to be okay. I think we ought to the death penalty, but you know, these guys really did this stuff. But once we know the system proves that they didn't, I don't know. It could be wrong. You ought to execute them just in case. I mean, that's the, <laughs> right. the position. Um, you'll never have to worry about him again if you do that. You know,
0: you mentioned earlier, like if you thought he was confident, if you thought he could beat <laughs> Trump, if you thought he was really going to make this thing work, that he would be adopting a general election posture already. But everything I'm seeing in Florida is that this guy is racing this culture war yeah. uh, jalopy over the cliff as fast as he possibly can. I mean, we've got a member of of the of the House right now who's one of his very closest allies proposing a bill so extreme that that if you interpret it as he's written it, it would forbid women from getting a boob job. It would forbid forbid men That's from getting no language for, for getting prostate it, surgery because yeah. any surgical alteration of a genital or reproductive organ. Yeah. And I'm like, and DeSantis is not does not stopping this guy just as he didn't try to stop uh blazing Golia Senator, state Senator earlier in the year from proposing that you uh, cancel the democratic party of Florida, just remove them and not allow them to exist on the ballot. <laughs> I mean, what? You know,
1: that you know, once when I was, you know, back in the day, I got a call from this guy who I knew who was working for Mubarak and he, mm-hmm. and he wanted us to work on the campaign. No, boy. And my response was, well, like, I didn't realize that you really had campaigns. And he said, well, look, I'm not saying I don't like our chances, but we really <laughs> look more like a real campaign if you guys would work on it, because then we could say we hired consultants. I, like, I, mean, I, I don't think we're going to. So, yeah, you get rid of it, you know, you get one party. In, Odds odds increase.
0: It's pretty easy. Uh, The deer leader wins by one hundred and (laughs) seven percent, like Saddam. I don't,
1: you know, I don't. The education thing is the AP thing is the thing that just I I really, yeah. The driving force behind parents is to get their kids educated. And how many people do we know organize their entire lives around better education for their schools? Sure. Most parents, they they move, they save for private schools, they Mm -hmm. you know. Tutors, it's, it's the, the hours they spend driving their kids to sports to everything. So you're going to take away AP courses. I mean, if you really do that, there there will be a, a, a drop in education level. Right. I mean, there are studies now that high schools that have fewer AP courses test more poorly than those mm-hmm. that have more, um, and. How is that good for Florida? And dumbing is, down the education system. Didn't governors used to brag about improving the education system? Look,
0: Jeb Bush made his bones in Florida, right? as you know, on on the A plus plan on restoring Florida to educational vitality, on putting in you know accountability and testing and things like the AP programs and expanding all those things, and. This idea that OCRT oh, and liberal indoctrination are the biggest challenges and threats to to, to the American, or to Florida students—it's absurd, for one thing. I mean, today we we learned that um, new college, the first of the several colleges that Santa has tried to take over now and put his own people on the board, um, the all these weirdo, like extremists, like edge case, oddballs who have these theories about education that are only exist in their heads. Um, they're shocked that the all the donors and 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 benefactors to the school are like no we're not making an annual gift this year yeah no we're out we're out sorry you know there, there was a a, a a trust that made a four million dollar gift a couple of years ago and they're like no 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 you can't use it for what for this bullshit that culture war stuff it is so poisonous and it is so not a general election strategy that even if it is Desantis this fall. I mean, he's going to end up having to say to every family in this country with a with a yeah. family member, a, a son, a daughter, anybody that has a gay family member, yeah, no, I wasn't really trying to do all this because I'm a spiteful, bigoted uh, homophobe. I'm doing it to protect the children. What are you saying, Ron? That gays are a threat to children? Because that's what he's going. That's what he's. That's what he's using as his entree into a world of crazy people. And it is something that the Florida legislature has gone off the freaking rails in the last six weeks it is it's so been a to watch.
1: Wasn't there in the late fifties, early sixties, a legislative committee in Florida, the John's committee that mm-hmm. went after gays in, yep. in education with yep. disastrous.
0: It effect. was, it was disaster. It was a train wreck and it was driven in part by a group of Florida legislators called the pork chop gang. And the pork chop gang were, uh, Segregationist Democrats in North Florida, and and, and they were the pork chop gang survived. Their, their their last member, who I met a couple times when he was in the state senate, got him Dempsey Baron. Um, they they pushed the Johns Commission hard because it was like communist homosexuals are infiltrating our schools. It's like everything old is new again with these people, and, and they can't. Yeah. They can't stop beating this one drum. And it is, I mean, it is in part explained by the fact that, you know, DeSantis has, has probably correctly modeled that the way to win a lot of evangelicals over is to play this Christian nationalist game and um, and scare the shit out of them.
1: Well, look, I mean, when I worked in the Republican Party, I also did, you know, work like in television shows, film as far as I knew, there were a lot more gay men in the Republican party than I worked with in television or film. Right. And, and it was just a known thing. And, and some of the best operatives. Um, yeah. uh, uh, when I worked there, more people were in the closet. A lot of those people have come out, but you know, I, I think you're sort of fighting a war that America has decided already. America has moved on from gay marriage. And, right. and this is, this is reaching back. America's moved on from... Uh, we, we now have decided as a culture to honor Rosa Parks. I mean... Well, well except if you are in Duval County, Florida, where you, she cannot be... She's banned now, but yeah. It, it is just... I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think it's... I think it's bad politics. I don't Terrible. think there there is a, a path to victory um, that makes that that this helps you with um i think you know there's so so little in our culture now uh, that says it's okay to be racist i mean you know this is this thing that trump was saying trying to make this appeal to white suburban voters in the end of 2020 that really Mm -hmm. he was protecting your own values right yeah (laughs) i do you know i don't know any parents that if a family of a different ethnicity move next door, they would tell their kids, this is bad. Right. There they goes would,
0: the neighborhood is a cliche. Yeah, they, they, from would, the they would be the first
1: to go over and welcome them. Sure. And they would go out of the way to, to try to make them. I mean, that's just where we are. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I, I look, I'm a seventh generation Mississippian, supposedly they, they wouldn't do this in Mississippi. You know, no. it, it, it not that racism hasn't gone away, but it is not socially acceptable to be racist if nothing else.
0: Well, they took they took the Confederate battle emblem off the flag. If they can do that in Mississippi, then then we we are at least at least society is on the right arc.
1: You know, you made the point about the impact of you know to really get to the serious stuff to get you know the impact of education. If you're a, a Florida coach recruiting African American kids to come to Florida, right, and you. you like by the way, African American history, I don't think is worth studying. That's right. like I don't know if that's like the best recruiting. And ultimately, what changed the flag in Mississippi was when they had a press conference with every major coach of the of, of all the universities. Right. Once SEC sports gets involved, it should happen. And they said this is killing recruiting. And then yeah. it was like, well, shit. <laughs> enough right. is enough. Well, you I know. mean, they,
0: they came very close in one of their education bills a couple of weeks ago, and they realized that at the last minute had to pull it off the floor um, even after it had passed and, like, go through all these gymnastics to repass it. They had an education bill that would have forbidden black sororities, fraternities,
1: and HBCUs from existing in Florida. How that's, How's that going to work out? You know, uh, I worked for Lynn Swan when he ran for governor of Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And he lost. Had he run again, there was a pattern – Every four years, they change, every eight years, a party in Pennsylvania it goes from Democrat to Republican. He ran against mm-hmm. an incumbent. Had he run again four years ago, he would have won, I think. Um, but he kind of just didn't like politics. But, sure. you know, Lynn was fascinated by the history of sports and society and integration in society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He used to say, well, you know, I, I grew up in Oakland. For me to go to USC was not a big deal uh, by that time. Right. Um, you know, I, I was in ballet classes. So, but he said, when I talked to those guys who were the first generation of the African American athletes going to these southern schools, right? You know, like at the University of Alabama, says you know, mm-hmm. they realized pretty soon after they went out and got some black players, we should get some black female students, because <laughs> otherwise, odds are they're white. going to be going out with white female students. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you end up wanting a tight end and you end up with a a, a black female sorority. Um, Sort of the law of unintended consequences in sports, which has has been, you know, I'm fascinated by this. Um, In the South, I think it's it's played a lot of the same role as rugby did in South Africa. It's the first time blacks and whites cheered for each other a minute. Sure. Sure. Um, And it it just, I don't know, it, it just is so small. To be talking about this stuff,
0: you know that's that's a great way of putting it. It is so it is so petty and shitty and, and and retrograde that it speaks a lot about his character and the character of the people that are trying to get him elected more than it says anything about contemporary Florida. Because look, I I've said this a lot. You've written about this more eloquently than I ever can. But that long arc of history in in cities like Atlanta and Charlotte and and Tampa, yeah. Florida, and Orlando, Florida, and across the and Nashville. There's a sense of civic pride in that, about the progress that it has been made. And it just, yeah. it just blows me away that there's a movement in this country that thinks, hey, the best politics possible is to try to rebend that arc and to try to go the other way on it. And I don't know. It's it it's I, I'm sad. I think we will not have Ron DeSantis to kick around for much longer. I think Donald Trump will eat him pretty soon. But so, what do you? Um,
1: think, how, how do you think this will play out?
0: Well, you know, look. I, I think DeSantis has had a very bad opening act, um, like losing his advance team for the book tour, the reputation of being a diva, the slight weirdness of like not uh, like not saying where he was on 9-11 and the pudding and all the sort of he doesn't he doesn't seem like a human on the campaign trail, and. Donald Trump is a genuine article to the people that love him. And they they were, they were a little intimidated by DeSantis. We helped Trump get focused on that, frankly. Um, but I think DeSantis is right now, he's sitting on this giant pad of super PAC money. And that money has all come from people that are not Trump people. It's Wall Street hedge fund bros, it's banks, right. it's Silicon Valley tech guys like Peter Thiel types. Um, and all that, has given him the sense of, oh, well, I've got $100 million in the bank. I'm going to be fine. I can do whatever I want. Well, you and I both know campaigns and campaign super PACs, once you turn on the spigot, the burn rate is colossal. And they will go through that money in a couple of months. They don't think so, but they will burn through it faster than ever. And if, if he doesn't start posting up real numbers, if he doesn't start moving numbers in the states, in the early states... And yeah, he'd have to go on TV to do it. And he's going to spend that money so fast. And Donald Trump doesn't have to spend money like that. So I think Trump, I think his donor pool of the rich guys will start to dry up. The MAGA base is being brought more and more back to Trump because of the prosecutions against him. And so you're going to end up with DeSantis being the candidate of hedge fund guys, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the Open Borders Chamber of Commerce and National Review. And last time I checked, Rich Lowry and and baseball crank only get one vote each.
1: One of my favorite Bush moments is in front of like wealthy donors. He goes, you know, I'm here with you guys, the, you know, CEOs, the hedge fund guys, or as I like to say it, my base. (laughs) (laughs) The guy could laugh at himself and it, it, you know, it was very endearing. Which is a gift for a candidate. It's a gift for a candidate. Yeah, I know. You know, um, as what was it? He went on that. It was taking on some, um, Honey trip, and he shot like an endangered bird. Right, and his answer was like, you know, uh, it's good to, <laughs> uh you know, we weren't deer hunting. I would have shot a horse. Um, <laughs> we're not, we're not in, we're not in bush world
0: anymore. I'm afraid, but yeah, uh,
1: I, you know, what I don't understand is if you read that post that uh, Trump put up, that clearly he didn't write, right? Um, because it, you know, read as if not translated badly by the from the Hungarian. He laid out a pretty compelling case in that against the stances based on his record. Yeah, it's because
0: Trump has has actual people around him now
1: uh, that are not stupid. Yeah. I don't, you're a big state governor, bad stuff happened. You can always find bad stuff. What I don't, I mean, what Michael Dukakis made that classic mistake was, you know, I want to do for America what I did for Massachusetts. So you open up the door to the parole program, to Boston Harbor. And and the proper way to do it, Clinton learned from that. When Clinton ran, he said there is no Arkansas miracle. Now partly that's because it's Arkansas. Right. <laughs> we were just people trying to do our best. And if Ron DeSantis went out and said, "Look, we've been able to accomplish a lot in Florida, but there's still a lot that that we need to do. Mm-hmm. I know I can do more as president. Um, you know, Florida's not perfect. Um, but once you set that up." It's like, okay, how hard is it to get on, you know, a, a, a camera crew, you get on a plane, you get off in Miami, and you drive around? It, it, I mean, yeah. I, are you really going to be like, well, no question, this is utopia. We've reached it. Right. Um, you know? <laughs> um, welcome to South I, Tampa. I, I, now flee in terror. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it just seems um, a, a sin of pride. Indeed. Indeed, and that's that's a dangerous thing in a candidate.
0: It really is, and I think it really, I think it shows when he does these interviews and that that little throwaway line from the thing. You can call me anything you want, but call me a winner. It's so awkward and so like that works. To you, that
1: works to you to you lose a caucus, right? Until you right until you get punched you in the face, mm-hmm. and everybody everybody loses. Sure, Trump um, lost
0: Iowa, folks. Yeah. Never forget I mean President Ted Cruz won Iowa.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean look, and the other thing this National Review Crowd loves to say is well he won Florida by nineteen points. Well, I was going back and forth with one of these guys in direct messages and you know, I'll yeah. keep I won't expose the guy. But you know, I pointed out, well, I did the Bill Weld campaign in nineteen ninety four when he ran for reelect and he won Massachusetts by twenty nine points. And right. that was Massachusetts. Right. Do we think that meant that Weld was Was a know, national player? Um, <laughs> Pete Wilson won re-election in California by ten points in a very even after campaign. Prop 187. Yeah, and the guy, you know, the guy you could have held his your breath as long as he lasted as a presidential candidate.
0: Yeah, it was it was um, in and out.
1: So it, it's and you know you're beating Charlie Crist, who's a switcher.
0: Yeah, and and so, you're inheriting the greatest Republican Party in the country. Um, yes. That knows how to win and wins for a living. They're uh, they're the University of Alabama of of yeah, state 100%. parties and somebody should do something about that. Like yeah. maybe a podcast. I think I think someone might want to do that. Okay. <laughs> Stuart Stevens, thank you so much for joining us today on the Enemies List. I really appreciate it, and uh, and I will talk yes. to you later. All right. Man. you will be unsurprised to learn, or maybe you will be surprised to learn, is Republicans broadly. In the last couple of days, we have seen an abuse of power in Republican legislative bodies that has exceeded even my grim and, and generally downbeat assessment of where the Republican Party is today. In Tennessee, we have three Democratic members of this Tennessee House who have been threatened with expulsion and the Republicans are moving forward with it because they dared to join protests by students protesting on on their position on gun control. It doesn't matter what the position was. It doesn't matter what the issue was. It matters that the free speech rights of elected officials should be damn near absolute. And the Republicans in Tennessee have decided that a member of of their caucus who is a criminal can stay, but people who are speaking up on an issue they care deeply about, will be expelled. It is no coincidence. I, I know you'll be shocked to discover that the two of the three people they're expelling are African-American and one is a woman. I know that's a shock to everyone. The other thing we're seeing in the abuse of power is the Florida capital area has now been basically locked down. And unless you have permission from Lord DeSantis, who's the Lord Farquad of Florida, you'll get arrested. As Nikki Freed, the chairman of the Democratic Party, and Lauren Book, the Senate Majority or Minority Leader in the Florida Senate, uh, were arrested last night for in a peaceful uh, vigil, uh, sitting in a circle outside of the Capitol. And finally, in North Carolina, the legislature is contemplating reducing the state Senate. In such a way that it it assigns each state senator two counties, which would essentially end up with like a 90 to 10 split in the state senate for Republicans because they'd roll up all these small counties and have a giant majority. This abuse of power should come as no surprise, but it does come with a whole helping of disgust. Republicans, get your shit together. You're on the enemy's list. This has been The Enemies List. And if you've been enraged or engaged or enlivened by this week's episode, let's do something about it. This podcast is part of Resolute Square, a new front in the war to preserve democracy. We were looking for a place to fight back against the manga media, and this is it. In addition to this podcast and many others, each week, Resolute Square members will sit down with me and other founders for an intimate meeting of the minds talking about what's really going on behind the curtain of American politics and analyzing the minds and the motivations of the people that are shaping this country's future, good and bad, along with exclusive analysis and insight from our newsletters, which are anything but conventional wisdom. And yes, we'll also have merch to make the MAGA heads in your life furious and more. Become a partner in this fight at ResoluteSquare.com enemies. And folks, if you could like, subscribe, and rate the podcast, I would be enormously grateful. And I cannot tell you how grateful and how heartfelt your support has been for this podcast and for these conversations. And we look forward to many, many more. Thanks again. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list.